All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. And I got to introduce my guest today. He's co-starring in an upcoming or just newly released movie, The Wedding Pack 2 with Haley Duff. But those may remember him best for his leading act in the famous movie Blindside, which happens to be the most grossing sports film of all time. My guest today, Quentin Aaron, how you doing? What's going on? How you doing? Not too bad. How has 2022 been treating you? Pretty good, actually. Pretty good. A lot of, a lot of changes, a lot of transitions in my life, uh, moving into a new chapter. I just moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and started recording music. So, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I've been singing all my life, but I never really did the artistry of, you know, actually writing and recording and stuff but until now. So, One of those hidden uh, niches? Uh, I don't really know if it's hidden. Because uh, last time I've been singing all my life, so like a lot of people know that I can sing, but I, I guess it hasn't really been telegraphed in the industry as much. So I to hit into the industry, yes. But mm. uh, yeah, I got some new music coming soon. So is know. is that what prompted the move to Nashville? Because I know they're a very big uh, music city, obviously, as you know. I mean, I don't really know if music was the the reason for the move as opposed to one of them you know it was i mean i came out here to do some music with some friends but uh i think when i made the decision to move it was kind of last minute but it was also like you know what, why not I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nomad like i live a very nomadic <laughs> lifestyle you know being single never married no kids yet you know uh i kind of just go where the wind blows sometimes and so yeah so are you the, yeah are you the type of person then like you know because obviously being in like films and stuff like there's added eyeballs are you the type of person that maybe once the film and the finished product is out there you would more so rather tiptoe into a room than to make like a splash or do you like the eyeballs and attention uh i, I, well, I try to tiptoe at times but uh, i've come to realize that being six eight you know, uh, it's kind of impossible to not be seen at times. So you just kind of, you know, go with it, <clears throat> you mm-hmm. know, just learn to adapt and just go with it. Um, I, I've come to terms with the fact that I can't hide, you know. So and I was very, like, introverted growing up. So I had to, being in this business, I had to learn how to become more extroverted. And uh, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. You know, where did the introverted uh, nature begin for you to feel like? Like, where would you say that originated? Did you have like a kind of child? Yeah, I was kind of like I kept to myself. Uh, uh, I got bullied a lot as a kid, so I um I didn't really have many friends growing up. I had some friends, but then when I moved away, my friends didn't move with me. So you know, I kind of just did my own thing and tried to keep to myself, not make any you know, waves. Mm-hmm. You grew up in the Bronx, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part, uh, born and raised in the Bronx. I lived there for the first 12 years of my life and then moved down to Georgia. did middle school and high school, graduated, moved back to the Bronx and started pursuing a career in the industry. So, so I'd assume Nashville is a much different wavelength then. Oh, yeah. But um, like I said, being nomadic, um, I have lived in multiple states over the years now. So like from 2009, I was in 
Let's see if I can remember. All right, so I went from Atlanta to LA to Tampa, then back to LA, then back to Tampa, then to New Mexico, then back to Tampa, then back to New Mexico, <laughs> then to, uh, what was it, what was it? Arizona, then back to Tampa, no, no, back to New Mexico, then back to Tampa, then to Louisiana, and now to Nashville. Wow, so, you just can't stay in one spot then. <laughs> you know, some places multiple times, but uh, I don't even know why I just did. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you mentioned about you know accepting the fact that you know you can't hide, right? I did notice yeah. a lot of press outlets did pick up uh, this earlier this year about your weight loss transformation. Uh, good for you, first off. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah man, I, uh, I um. I lost 170 pounds so far and still going. I still got a long ways to go, but, um, yeah, it feels good, man. I, um, at my heaviest, I was almost 600 pounds and now I'm like under 400. Wow. So I'm like <clears throat> feeling good. Um, still got a long ways to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah did you have any particular like program that you were on like were you doing a keto thing or was it just kind of like taking it day by day just lifestyle stuff you know what i mean um actually uh i didn't really give give any credit to <clears throat> any uh of my uh secrets yet because i gotta i'm gonna release it later on but uh yeah I uh, I did some I made some lifestyle changes that were beneficial and that uh, helped me along the way and that are still helping me along the way and um, yeah I just want to you know at the end of the day I, I had to make that decision <clears throat> mentally first to decide to be here you know like I said I'm I'm 37 I'll be 38 in August um, single never married don't have any children i want those things you know what i mean and i and i had to make sure that i started leading my life in a way that assures that i'm going to be healthy enough to you know be able to live those live that lifestyle and 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 be present and have the energy to have kids and and you know understand what it's like to to be able to run around and play with them in the yard and not be sitting up in the house because i'm tired and out of shape and you know, sick, you know, from all the issues that weight loss, that, that extra weight causes. So I just started deciding to, you know, put myself first and put my life first and my health and, you know, just started drastically making changes in that regard. Well, the first step is always mental. I noticed with a lot of things, exactly. you know, like, there's a physical element obviously to it with having to drop weight, but in order to mm -hmm. kind of kickstart that, you have to mentally get yourself in the mindset to do that, you know? Yeah. Was there, was there a particular turning point? I saw this one article about um, you had an incident with, like, a plane that you weren't able to board due to uh, your weight. Was that was the catalyst for wanting to make that change? or? Well, no, that was years ago. That was uh, 2015, 2014. 
that was that was a long time ago. That was um man, I've been big for a long time. Uh but yeah, I was going to Rochester, New York to do a movie and I suppose I've been booked first class all the way, but what I guess what they didn't know is that the second plane they booked me on didn't have first class. It was one of those small uh twin engine planes or whatever that has like you know x amount of seats and then it's like two on this side two on that side yeah yeah so those seats are super small and uh good to say today i've been on one of those planes since <laughs> there there's new weight loss and i could fit in the seat like with the arm down so i was like i'm actually pretty cool now but see back in the day i was bigger and so i was i was like a seat and a half like and the plane of course was super full it's like end of the night it's like midnight like and the plane is full all the way to the brim so and there was a guy that was supposed to sit next to me and he was half on the seat and half off into the aisle so he couldn't fit in the seat so that wasn't gonna work so they asked me to get off the plane and i was like all right cool so i, I kind of just like got up quietly trying not to make no waves or whatever got off didn't really think nobody knew who i was because nobody said anything i didn't even see the looks that i normally see when people recognize me the next morning you know I, i'm at my hotel i'm asleep and uh i get a call 7:30 in the morning from my friend uh who works at tmz and she's like quentin tell us about being kicked off the plane last night and i'm like what the f what <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> People are everywhere, man. I'd, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, I was tight at that point. Then I was like, I bet you it was the airline that told. And I was mad. Man, I was kind of like, I want to retaliate. But then I just got over it. I was like, whatever. Did that happen but a lot yeah. for you, like, coming off the blind side, you know, where people recognize you in public? Was it, like, a thing where, say, if you're going to, like, a local mall or a supermarket, like, and somebody will quickly identify yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it happened a lot. And I don't really mind about that. You know, I was just pissed that they told about me getting kicked out of the plane. <laughs> I, was just, I was like, I could have kept that part to yourself. Like, man, yeah, just call TMZ out of everybody. Like, TMZ, really? Because <laughs> I didn't even see it on social media. I just heard, I just got the phone call from TMZ. I'm like, how the hell? So, so y'all saw me, you recognized me, and just said, do, 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 TMZ. Hey, Quentin Aaron got kicked off. Like, the hell? <laughs> you know, so. Um, no, nah, so that's how I kind of felt. I was just, like, pissed about that. But aside from that, I don't really mind, you know, when people recognize me when I go places. It's going to happen. Like I said, I, I've come to terms with the fact that I can't hide. You know, it's it's that's that's impossible. I'm not a, I'm not a ninja. Although, growing up, I wanted to be a ninja. Really? You know, a ninja turtle, actually. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, you, now that you're saying this, you might get casted in a role to be a ninja or something. You know what I mean? Shoot, I'll be a big ninja. Hey, if uh, Chris Farley, God rest in peace, rest his soul. Oh yeah, Beverly Hills. If ninja. Chris yeah. Farley could do be a ninja, you know what I mean? Like I could be a ninja. I could. Do, I know some martial arts. I actually grew up taking martial arts. I, uh, I did taekwondo, kickboxing, and some uh, muay thai. Oh, wow. in my life so yeah i just got to get back in shape so i can continue doing those things but yeah yeah
Well, you do have this new movie that just came out, The Wedding Pack 2, of course. You know, I see that you're playing a florist is this role, right? You know, I was working on the delicate side of my, you know, kung fu, you know, (laughs) you know, flower arrangements is a wax on wax off technique in there somewhere. Yeah, at least that's what I'm telling myself. (laughs) (laughs) Was this something that was in the works for a while that got halted for COVID or was this just something that, uh, you know, you guys were able to uh, pump out rather quickly? No, yeah, the the film has been uh, three years in the works and now it's finally out for the world to see. Um, I've only been involved for like, so we shot it last year, but like, the year before that is when I got reached out to about the role. And then we were initially supposed to shoot, I think last February, but mm. then because of COVID that got pushed to May. And so oh. that's when we wound up shooting in May. So, but, um, yeah, um, now that it's finally out, it's actually pretty awesome to see, you know, to have that film out. It's my first romantic comedy. Um, I just, I love Haley Duff, man. Like she, has become one of my really, really good friends and everything. Just the time spent working with her and getting to know her and Heather McComb, who plays her sister, they just become like really good friends to me. And I think that we're going to continue working together for many projects to come in the future. You know, I'm putting that out there. So, yeah. <laughs> were you still uh, looking for acting gigs like prior to this movie? Like, were you still into acting or? Yes. Yes. Okay. Definitely still into acting. Um, uh, I actually have my own production company now as oh, wow. well, and i um, developing my own uh, projects. I have a, a series based roughly around my life that I'm pitching to, you know, some platforms. Now I can't really put out there what I'm pitching it to, but uh, yeah, uh, that's going to be a pretty cool project. Is you know, based on me and my brother's life, you know, going from near homelessness to not yet rich but famous <laughs> and everything that happens in hollywood and in uh the past several years of me living out there and everything so it's going to be a pretty cool series i think that is something really cool that you should probably tap into because i think with um some of the roles that you've played i think you know with the how effective that you've played those roles it's almost mm-hmm. left maybe the fans and the audience with like sort of an inclination to want to know like well hey what is maybe like the story behind quitting the actor since you know you played obviously a role oh, yeah, in you know, someone else's life maybe people yeah, are wanting yeah. to know more about like you know your life because you do have an interesting backstory oh thank you thank you yeah I, I i think one of the uh cool things about this series is it'll answer a lot of those questions um not so much my life before the movie but life after the movie you know like getting this opportunity, moving to Hollywood, living life as a new kind of, you know, public figure and and everything that happens along the way in the industry. So I kind of like tell the story from my point of view, you know, Mm -hmm. how this happens and how I maneuver through the business over the past, you know, however many years I did. So (laughs) it's going to be pretty cool. Did your own life events prepare you for maybe playing the role that you were going to be playing in the blind side at all? You say that. I mean, I'm 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 familiar with struggle. Um, 
grew up seeing a lot of uh, unfortunate things happen and, you know, stuff that will probably be in my book one day. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, I, I think on some level I was able to relate to Michael and the stuff that he was going through. Um, not everything, because unlike him, I had my mom in the picture, you know, growing up with, she raised me and my brother, did a phenomenal job with it and everything. But, you know, with that being said, we still saw our fair share of struggle and hardship and everything and stuff like that. So, but we always had a roof over our head, whether it was in a shelter or uh, an apartment or, you know, we, we always managed to make do somehow, you know. So when you were getting typecasted into this role, did they, like, have any, like, clue as to, like, your upbringing? Or was it more of a thing where, you know, you fit the look and, like, what they were going for? Yeah, I think, I think um, because they did a nationwide search for the character. So I think what gelled with them, with me, is that they were meeting, I think the director told me, they were meeting a lot of big guys who looked the part but couldn't act. And so when they came into me, I was a breath of fresh air because not only did I look the part, I, I did a great job in the audition as well. So, and, you know, it's, it's a good way to tell because, like, uh, this was the first time ever that I experienced, after I finished my audition, every person in the room was crying. Wow. Like, i never seen that before. I was, I was like, what happened? Did I fart? Like, <laughs> you were just playing, like, the, like, saying the script right like from the movie or was this yeah some... okay yeah it was no it was scenes from the movie so i did the uh in the audition where i did the the scene where i said i never had a bed before i did the scene where i asked could she help me get an id something with my name on it i did the scene where she said don't you dare lie to me oh yeah mm -hmm. did that one and the last scene I did was where I had to fuss at her when I left the investigator's office. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that was, like, those were the four scenes I did in the audition. I remember going in completely off book, so I didn't have to read my lines while I was going through it. I just wanted to portray the character the way I wanted to. Authentic. And, yeah. And so I think that's what shocked them as well. And. They were like, she stood up. She's the way Felder Michael came and gave me a hug. Shout out to Twinkie Bird. That was my uh, the casting director. That um, yeah, she uh, came up, gave me a big old hug and everything. And at that point, I was so green in the industry. When she said that, I thought that meant I had the part right there. I was like, really? Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. I was just so happy, man. It was crazy. Little did I know it was like a year and three months till <laughs> I actually got the part. But you had yeah, an interesting process, didn't you? Like uh, I heard, you had an interesting process for that role, didn't you? I heard that uh, you mm -hmm. uh, weren't expecting to make it, and then you offered up a card of like being a security guard. Yeah, because when I when I went to L.A. to meet the director, um, sorry, my mouse getting dry. Sorry. When I went to LA to meet the director, um, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, we had a good conversation. We spoke for about an hour in the room. And I just remember thinking the whole time in my head, I'm like, okay, it's probably a long shot, even now, 
that I'm going to get this part. You know, I'm pretty sure they're seeing other people. So I was like, I got to do something. I want to be involved in this movie. And then it just dawned on me. I was like, okay, I got my business cards in my pocket. So I took my card out and I was like, listen, I know it's probably a long shot that I'm going to get this role. But I also do security on the side. I've worked on, you know, a few movies, you know, doing security, you know, like people like Robert De Niro, uh, Channing Tatum, Terrence Howard and stuff like that. So I was like, I gave him a business card and I said, you know, in the likelihood that I don't get cast as Michael Orr, I'd still love to do security for, you know, whoever you guys may need on set. And I gave him my my card and he was like, wow, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And he looked hesitant, but he was like, it was it was kind of like the, wow, I want to tell you something, but I didn't yeah. kind of like, so it was funny when I heard him say it in an interview that I wanted to tell him right there. He was like, it was breaking my heart because I wanted to tell him right there he got the part, but I couldn't. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I saw that look on your face. So when I saw that interview, I was like, that's what, it, okay. Because I was, I was playing back every moment of that for so long after that meeting i was like um i swear he looked like he wanted to tell me something i don't know what it is but he wanted to tell me something i kept saying that to myself so he said i was like yeah Yeah. john lee yeah so when he said that in that interview i was like um that's what it was because i knew he looked like he wanted to tell me something yeah so you had like obviously like martial arts you said and like that type of training. Were there any other like sporting backgrounds that you potentially had with playing such a sport heavy type role in this movie? Um, I played some football in my oh, okay. day. I played I played uh one year in high school, but high school don't really count because I rode the bench. Oh, like, right. I, you know, I mean, at the time growing up in high school, I I, I wanted to play basketball. I, I wasn't really feeling football, but you know, it was uh it was one of those things I did because everybody said play. It wasn't until I seen Remember the Titans that I really wanted to play football, and because that movie that was that's my favorite football movie, and that's the kind of that's actually the movie that's responsible for me loving the game of football. And um, I mean, you know, I'm a huge Denzel fan, you know, so seeing that movie and everything, it was just like that was it. That movie did it for me. I watched it probably like twenty something times. You know, that's got to be so surreal for you then, like to see, because, you know, you're probably that's what you grew up on. Remember the Titans and movies like mm -hmm. that. Your movie surpassed that the water boy in terms of being the most I know I'm ever made. Yeah, like the highest grossing. That's crazy, man. I I keep looking at the numbers. I'm like, nah, there's got to be something else that made more. And I'm like, (laughs) nope. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it, it it broke so many records, man. It, it was actually the the first film with a female lead to gross over two hundred million in the box office. I was like, okay, Sandy, okay, Sandy, like, good girl. Oh, um, what, what was your first encounter with her like? Oh, it was awesome. Like, I I was meeting in Atlanta. We were meeting in Atlanta at this hotel in Buckhead. I forget which hotel it was, but as I got to the conference room, I hear her voice in there, and she's talking to John, and I'm standing outside the door, and I'm like, okay, she's in there. Oh, my God, I hear her. And I start hyperventilating, and I'm like, oh, my God. All right, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in. 
So I open the door, she gets up and comes and gives me a big hug. And I'm like, oh. And then the director took my phone and took a picture of us while we were hugging. And yeah, she's just been the bomb. You know, she's been awesome. Um, and we kept in touch for so long after the movie and everything too. So I, it's been amazing working with her and just being friends with her. And um, as much as I would love to work with her again, I know she's, you know, getting ready to retire from the biz. So I'm like, dang it. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to do something else, like a follow-up project. Or something. Yeah. Did it feel like that on the set? I mean, obviously, like, you you can't really pinpoint a Sandra Bullock film and be like, oh, this isn't going to be good. But, like, ver very rarely does, like, something catch lightning in a bottle like it did the way the blind side did. Did it feel that way coming off this thing? Like, once you got done, like, this felt like magic that we just created? Or were your expectations set reasonably, like... Well, you know, for me, because it was, like, my first time being in that position... In a project like having so much to do and being involved from start to finish i didn't know what to expect honestly i was taking each day as a, a gift and just living in the moment um i know that i remember the production company saying that we're probably going to do like you know 14 15 million dollars open a weekend because we're going up against twilight and so I was just like, oh, and we wanted to coming in number two, you know, and instead of 14 to 15 million, we did like 35 million the first weekend, opening weekend. And they were just like, oh my God, this was crazy. Because the first weekend we, they made back, they made, uh, they went into black because the budget was only like 30 million to do the movie so they made 35 million open a weekend so everything after that was bonus <laughs> you yeah, know? Crazy. Like, like boom yeah so i think and then it just was like breaking records from there i think it had the longest run in theater history probably like for like it opened november 20th and i remember after tax deadline it was still in some theaters so like after April, what was it April fifteen or something like that? Mm -hmm. April fifteen. April. I, yeah, I remember that because I was paying taxes, and I'm like, dude, it's still in theaters. It's crazy. Like, and I don't remember seeing the movie in theaters that long. That was like what six months. So it had like a six That's month crazy. run in movie theaters because I, I remember thinking to myself like, when is this thing gonna be in oh, DVD? Like yeah. I want the DVD, man. Like what? And then. Uh, my buddy was like, bro, you well, you don't want to rush. You're still in theaters. You're still making money in theaters. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, I, don't, I think the DVD didn't come out until, like, um, May or June or yeah. something like that. It was June, 2000. Was June, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two, 2010. Yeah, because I'm like, it just had a phenomenally long run. And by week number three, it was number one. So like the first two weeks, Twilight was number one, Twilight no, New Moon. And I was just like, hey, we're number two. That's crazy. Well, week number three, we were number one. And Twilight fell to number two. We were like, oh, wait, oh, Lord. So we're just celebrating. 
did you get to do anything hands-on in that movie like all the drills and stuff or was that like uh did you have stunt doubles doing that stuff i did i did i did a lot of the drills but some of the the stuff i didn't get to do i had stunt doubles for um the actual crash i wasn't driving there was oh, okay. uh, a stunt driver for it he was one of the guys that I beat up in the apartment <laughs> so, yeah, i feel bad for him i'm like dude i whoop your ass in an apartment <laughs> you, you hurt your back crashing the truck you know yeah, it was crazy um, the huh is the crash your favorite scene the crash was cool i i actually wanted to do i remember saying i wanted to do it but i saw it when it happened and i saw how he got out and they had to help him up and i was like nope nope I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 good. I don't want to do that. I don't want. To... <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm actually glad I didn't do the crash. You know, um, my favorite scene to shoot, oddly enough, was the proper hug, where I go to the window Graduation. and I knock on the yeah, and yeah. I knock on the window and she gets out and gives me a hug. It's my favorite scene because I got to hug Sandra Bullock over and over again, <laughs> like just just yeah, every just every guy in America is like oh, exactly you me. And all my so my friend April, who played uh, Sandra's stand-in, so that day was so funny because April was gorgeous too. So I let my stand-in take a break, and so I did all the lineups and everything. <laughs> I stood in and I was hugging April for about twenty minutes before Sandra came to set. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just giving up hugs that day. I was just like, yeah, it was cool living my best life. But yeah, that was my that was my favorite scene. Did you get any like offers to play at actual like teams um, after that movie came out? I didn't get any offers from any teams, but I got hit up by fans of teams that were saying I should play for the team. So like, people kept telling me to play to play for the Bears. Some people was like, you know, play for Jacksonville Jaguars. And I was like, well, if the teams reach out to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's your but, team? Um, oh man, it's hard to say. Well, I'm a Giants fan because I'm oh, from New York. New York. That makes sense. Yeah, um, but I'm also an Aaron Rodgers fan. Okay, I would say I'm a Packers fan. The Packer. I've been a Packer fan since I was seven, mainly because of Brett Favre. Yeah, and then uh, I loved what Aaron Rodgers did with the team as he took it over. So. Uh, aside from the Giants, the Packers have been my team. I've been a cheesehead for some reason, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. Those are my two teams. Although I will say that the Packers have been making me mad past couple of years with how they've been doing my boy Aaron and like giving away his receivers without telling them like what not, not giving them enough uh, leeway with the, the exactly. Yeah. And then you know all these other quarterbacks are getting, you know. Oh, they're phenomenal. They're this, and they're sleeping on my boy Aaron, like he ain't doing nothing. I'm like, y'all don't understand. The one year, this one year, where they had a great record, I remember Devonte Adams was out most of the season. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers had to turn Aaron Jones into uh, doesn't uh, the Aaron running Jones, back right? Running back, yeah. Had to turn him into a wide receiver. He had this dude flying sixty miles, sixty you know, yards up the field catching wide receiver passes and you know what I mean? And still winning games. I'm like, 
This dude turned a running back into a wide receiver, still whooped everybody's ass, and then y'all still like, <laughs> oh, but this person's better and that person. I'm like, get out of here. You know, so like, but yeah, I'm a, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan, man. I actually got a chance to meet him uh, back in the day, too, and I became friends with one of his brothers. Was this after so, the movie? Yeah, this was after the movie. This was probably like, I think, 2011. Oh, wow. Did he, the, did year he that they, the year they won the Super Bowl. I actually went to the Super Bowl. I was at that game. Did he recognize you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he knew, wow. he knew who I was because we, we have a mutual friend in L.A. So I met him. I think the first time I met him was probably at a Maxim party. Oh, okay. And, and it, was, it was in L.A. or something. Uh, we was all at the same table and all of that. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool, man. I met him, Jeremy Renner. And uh, a few other, like, people out there that I met at that time. It was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I've, because of the movie, I've had the benefit of going to a lot of sporting events over the years and just meeting a lot of athletes. And just, you know, it was pretty cool when they I go to meet them. And I'm like, oh, man, you're you. And they're like, oh, you're you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm a fan of theirs, but they're a fan of mine as well. Yeah. Like, That's crazy, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So your life's definitely changed like drastically since that movie came out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, in Hollywood, there's, there's, you still go through ups and downs, and you have dry spell seasons and everything where nothing's happening. For me, like my biggest was COVID, twenty twenty. Oh my goodness, I didn't work from I want to say November of twenty nineteen or sometime in twenty nineteen until 2021 i think actually the wedding pack 2 was the first film i did since mid 2019 so i didn't work at all industry got hit bad oh yeah everybody did and it was just you know that that really weighed on me and you know because not only did i not get any work but i was in and out the hospital for you know, COVID and stuff like that. So it was just, it sucked. But I got through it. I'm still here and uh, doing a lot more now. And like I said, moving into the next chapter of my life, you know. Yeah, you're doing speaking engagements now too, I heard, right? Yeah, yeah I do a lot of speaking. I've been doing that over the years as well. Um, speaking at schools and other events and everything. So motivational speaking has kind of become you know, another career path for me that I do, so. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a great time chatting with you today, sir, and um, picking your brain a little bit on some uh, good topics, and uh, hope Thank that you. the rest of this year finds you well. Definitely, definitely, you too. All right, take care. All right, thank you, you too.